You're listening to a DM podcast. Welcome to Over the Back Fence. I'm Di Edwards. I'm Nicola Dale, and we're buddies of nearly four decades. And yes, we actually do happen to share a back fence. We do. <laughs> we love parties, people, inspirational stories, and honestly, making the most out of life. <laughs> so join us as we open our hearts, share our stories, and hear from some of the most inspirational people in the world. And have a laugh <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> Hey, Jody. Hey, hey, hey. So how's your week been, Jody? Happy Monday, Nickawicka. You're, you're looking well. You look beautiful and orange. You make me happy. Orange is one of my favourite. Orange and pink. How am I? I've had a shit of a week. Oh, no. Yeah. Why? I've just had, oh. I know, it's been a bit flat for the last seven days. Feeling great today. Sometimes, you know, we just do that. We just go, isn't it? What do we say? Life's like a roller coaster. It is. But yeah. do you know what? What do you or do? Or a box of chocolates. You to never make know what yourself, you're going to get. Uh, uh, There's a photo of you, and you certainly didn't look flat. You looked amazing. Oh. You've got a white swimsuit <laughs> on. You've been swimming. So, swimming is, is that a tool for you, Donnie, um, when you're feeling that way? I, I often suggest to people, look, to be honest, not everybody can access the ocean. I understand that. But I think you can put some things into a bath. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, some, some Epsom salts or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. But for me, getting to the ocean is my healer. I just plunge into the ocean. And yeah, it's. Uh, I remember um, when one of my testing points of when my marriage broke up, mm. I remember heading down to the ocean. I was hysterical, a hysterical mess, actually. And I went into the ocean. And it was incredible to feel this incredible, I don't know, it was like someone was watching over me, the waves are washing over me with washing away my tears. And I remember going, wow, how powerful is the ocean, the salt water. It was just, I came out, of it's like I, I left that negative energy there and came out differently. Oh, yeah. wow, Diane. So, yeah. You know what? You know, I've known you for so long and thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, it certainly has been a tough time and, you know, you're not alone with, you know, our listeners. I certainly have been through some awful times in life, you know, and, you know, you've got to acknowledge it because, you know, you don't stay in there forever that way. But, you know, you've shared that and it was a really flat time of your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and just sort of for everyone there, it's sort of like we're real, we're authentic and you're courageous just to say that, die. And, uh, you know, so it's not always sort of like the happiness and you see the pictures no. on Instagram too. I remember and, um, you sharing that with me when yeah. you were going through it with your marriage. Mm. And you were in a fetal position. Yeah. And I, because Nicola's like this love bug of joy and happiness. And I knew then I just went, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And that's what really hits home is the different ways where well, you don't choose to, to, no. to go through it is just where you go. Yeah. And, and I remember you, that image of you. And now that was the image of me in the water. It's mm-hmm. quite interesting and profound moments because as, as Nicola and I says, only way is up. Baby. Baby. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think you have to live it, eat it and drink it in order to go back up. Yeah. Because you've got to sit in it. That's it. Yeah, that's feel it. it. That's the real thing I think yeah. of overcoming things is you've yeah. got to feel it and you yeah. sit in it. And it's that thing of how long do you sit in it? Well, how yeah. long's a piece of string? You don't yeah. always know. No. You can't always you know, get over as quickly as you want to. No. But having friends around you, oh, that was a big saviour for me. Yep. Uh, having, you know, girlfriends, having family, having support. And sometimes, you know, like it's one step forward, two steps it's back. true. And that's sort of how it is. So, 
Di, yeah. you know, you've had a yucky week and yeah. you know, we hope this next week's going to be it's better. It's going to be the best. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and there's a saying, you're not alone there, but I'll tell you what, our next guest here we've got is Dr. Oh. Daniel Noor, Young Australian of the Year 2022. And, mm. uh, you know, he deals with people who are down and out, my goodness, it, you know, with he's homeless remarkable. And, and, uh, and does so much, you know, to help other people. So yeah. um, I think you'll enjoy oh, Daniel. You'll, you'll love Daniel. Yeah. He was, his energy... I mean, both Nick and I described him as the Earth Angel. He's remarkable. Enjoy. Enjoy. It's an absolute honour to have Dr. Daniel Noor, Young Australian of the Year, Woo! 2022, <laughs> founder of the Streetside Medics, which is a mobile medical service specially created for the homeless. Join us at our back, Over the fence. back fence. Thank you so, for having me. Yeah, welcome, Daniel. I'm a big welcome. fan of your podcast. You guys oh, have been doing amazing bless work. Bless you. So thank you. you. When would you get time to listen yeah, to a podcast? You? I mean, so I, drive a, I drive a lot to all the clinics and to work. So uh, on the drives, it makes for great <laughs> listening. Oh, isn't that yeah. Great? I it's love funny because I've got a farmer up the north coast. Yeah. She's a flower farmer and she says, I get in the car Monday morning. Yep. And that's the start of my week. And I'm I'm usually having a bit of a giggle or I'm inspired. It makes you feel good. Yeah. All that. Agreed. What yeah. makes me feel good is sitting here today in front of you. There's people like you and this earth that just like angels on earth. Tell us about the organization you started, Streetside Street Medics. Medics. So the funny thing is 200 meters from where we are right now is Which where Streetside Medics listeners. started. Woolloomooloo. Yeah. Corner of Birkin Cathedral Street. I um, I for many years was a volunteer with my church who provided food services at Woolloomooloo. And so I was familiar with homelessness, but I was studying medicine and never thought about the two together. Um, and I was in London doing a medical elective, very passionate about cardiology, uh, which is why I was there. And I had an interaction with someone experiencing homelessness on the streets of London. It was a, a gentleman who was having a seizure outside Waterloo train station. And he was having a seizure. I did my ABCs. I kept him as stable as I could. Paramedics took him away. And a conversation with his friends after that revealed to me that he'd been having seizures for quite a long period of time, often in an alleyway behind where not so many people had mm -hmm. seen him. And because of fear or previous negative experiences or a sense that the healthcare system wouldn't take him seriously, he avoided seeking help and he was suffering in silence. And the lady that was telling me this was also experiencing homelessness and she herself had health conditions that she suffered with and suffered in silence uh, because she thought she wouldn't be able to get the help she needed uh, or that she wouldn't be taken seriously or that the healthcare system didn't care about her. And as someone who had spent years studying to become a doctor with the pure intention of helping people, uh, that slapped me in the face. And so I kept thinking about that. And I would go down to, to Woolloomooloo and I'd, I'd, I'd chat to people and ask them when was the last time you saw a doctor. Uh, and some people would respond last week and many would respond, I haven't seen one in years. And so looking into that and doing a lot of research, there's lots of data that, that shows that there are many barriers that limit access to healthcare for people experiencing homelessness. And they're, they're, they're pretty straightforward. Lack of transportation, cost associated, the level of ID required, the whole notion of you need to be at this place at this time between these hours for this duration. That just makes it all too hard. And for anyone experiencing homelessness, I could only imagine there are other priorities like where am I sleeping and, and my sense of security and where am I getting food and not why am I short of breath. And so creating wow, a... Wow, that's yeah. a great line, yeah. that. Where am I getting yeah. food rather why am I short of breath? Love yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so rather than... Wow. Rather than expecting them to come to us, the idea was take the service to them and alleviate as many barriers as possible. So we don't need Medicare, we don't need ID, you don't even have to give us your name, give us a name, it doesn't have to be yours. And the van is equipped with all the right 
equipment and resources and consumables so that we can actually do a lot in that one interaction. And it's a 100% volunteer-run organization, which proves that, and, and there is a vibe to it. It's the people that are there volunteering there, they're there because they want to be there. They're there because they believe in the cause and in helping people. And what sort of people are you talking about? I mean, doctors, doctors nurses, nurses, allied nurses, health professionals. And volunteers. Yeah, we've got executives, Daniel? we've got everyone. Yeah. So when we started, it was me and a friend. Uh, and it <laughs> organically grew to sort of 5, 10, 20, 50. And now there's... There's a wait list of about a year and a half to become a volunteer. Oh, um, you're kidding me. No, we've got about 600 in the registry and we're actively using about 200 at the moment. Um, like is, and this is, is all over the country. Are we talking um, medically inclined or volunteers as in someone everything, that's... Everything, yeah, across, yeah. The from what, from yeah, across the board. From Across the board. Yeah, drivers to uh, nurses How to, many vans do you have? We've got three. We're receiving the fourth in a few oh, you know, oh, weeks or so. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, so, yeah. so what's in a van? Like, what's in it? Yeah, so it's um, essentially cabinetry um, but you've got a, uh, a two stations station at the front station at the back station at the front is a medical support officer station junior doctor or any doctor really and a mm. nurse they do vitals blood pressure put them in the system brief history vaccine if they need it and then send them to the back and they see the gp and then equipment wise in the van there's talking medical terms otoscope ophthalmoscope dermatoscope which is like eis so you got scopes um, we got lots of scopes you got like yeah. ecg spirometry we've got a little pathology machine so we can really? get blood test results from within the van that's got a small fantastic. pharmacy like every dressing you could imagine as much as possible so that we can actually on the spot and that's one of the frustrating things is that a lot of the times th there are people that would go out to people experiencing homelessness take their blood pressure and say you've got high blood pressure come to the clinic or you've got diabetes, come to the clinic. And they wouldn't. And so the whole idea was, if you come to me and I do it, I can do a finger prick for these patients. And in one of our machines, get what's called a HbA1c, which is your blood sugar over three months' time, the gold standard for diabetes. Within five minutes, I can tell you, you have yeah. diabetes, definitively. Yes, that? And then my That's GP, really important, which is essential. Yeah, and then we can do a care plan then and there which gives them access to a number of other allied health services. And then we give them some diabetes medication. And so they've come into the van. We've recognized that there's an issue, but we've given them a solution and a, and a way to move forward. Oh, Daniel, and can I ask yeah. about, okay, so we're talking about dealing with ailments. What about uh, mental health, for example? Do you approach that or yeah. do you refer others on or how do you deal with something like that? Yeah, I mean, it's so challenging. So, yeah. so mental health is obviously broad and yes. we see a lot of loneliness, uh, we see a lot mm. of people that just want to have a chat. And so that's, yeah, we do a lot of that. I can't imagine how hard it mm. would be being homeless. And then they go sort of, it's sort of like that can be a slippery slope from having a normal life and next bang, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. It's and, and we've seen doctors, lawyers, executives, CEOs experiencing homelessness with amazing stories with, you know, there's one patient I'll never forget mm. in Manly. Unfortunately, he's passed away. But he, he started experiencing homelessness after his wife passed. And it was his, him and his wife, and they were best friends. And he just couldn't, he couldn't cope with the fact that he lost his life's partner. And this man was extremely successful, had a reasonable social network and everything going for him. His wife died of terminal cancer and his life derailed. And then he started drinking and then he lost his rental accommodation. So how, you, how do you go about helping someone like that so, from so a it's mental perspective? It's being there. Okay, so it's being there listening. Yeah, and, yeah. and don't get me wrong, there are a do lot of... Do you refer? Absolutely. And, yeah, got it, okay. But the system is a challenge. I mean, we're healthcare mm. practitioners. We've got 
You support so from community much. and tertiary. You only do so much. Yeah. We struggle to get anyone a psychiatry appointment. We struggle. We, mm. we sometimes have to beg and plead. And a lot of the times we have to pay for it. We have mm. to pay full fee to get someone to see a private psychiatrist because mm. it's otherwise impossible to get them in. And it's a countrywide problem. Access yes. to mental health services is, yeah, it's too difficult. Yeah. And t- t- tell t- me, t- how t- many t- lives have you touched already through, do you know, sort of like ballpark? Yeah. I'll give you an example. I got a text message a few days ago from one of my team leaders who got a message from a doctor, uh, one of an emergency department consultant at one of the big hospitals here. And she goes, I was working at hospital in in the ED and I saw a patient's name on the waiting list. He'd been waiting for seven hours. And I recognised that name as one of the patients that come to our clinic in Woolamaloo. And I know that he suffers from severe anxiety and is always Mm -hmm. so concerned and so I quickly went out to speak to him and within 15, 20 minutes, I reassured him that everything was okay to try and save him for waiting for another seven hours to simply go back to the exact same situation. Now, we can't measure that impact. That's not on any data points. That's so true. But that level of impact is massive. And so, yes, we see in excess of sort of 15 to 20 patients per clinic every single day. We've got, you know, roughly eight, nine clinics a week. So if you do the maths, it's over 100 people a week that we interact with. But then you've got general volunteers outside talking to people, reassuring them, making them feel good. Hundreds and hundreds. And we've been operating for years. So do you, what's the time slots? Like, is it in the evening? It's always afternoon because it's volunteer run. Uh, is so it sometimes where, you know, you drive up to Daniel is where people are getting free meals? Too? It's always that. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's always very that. Yes. Smart. So it's smart. Yes. So it's all coordinated in one yeah. area. That's wow. brilliant. God, you're incredible. You really yes. are. You, you are incredible. Well-deserved young Australian. Yeah. Yes. Quick question. Yeah. How did it feel when they announced you were the winner? Yeah. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, it felt surreal. So they kept pushing me to write a speech, but I always thought that the person that won would know. Uh, And so I'm like, I know I didn't win. This is the biggest honor ever. And, you know, there were a bunch of amazing people there. And so I was hesitant to even write a speech because I'm not wasting my time (laughs) writing a speech, tokenistic. Um, But it it felt good. I I felt a sense of pressure and responsibility. And it was Mm. probably personally the wrong time. I mean, I was... I was sitting my exams at work. Work was busy. I was in a new relationship. And, you know, there's never the right time. No, um, always. No, that's, that's, that's true. That's, and that's what that I've realized. A huge range pressure. of pause. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it did, it, it, it had an unmeasurable positive impact on Streetside. It helped wow. Streetside more than it I could have put it out there. Oh, yeah, that's it's great, isn't it? It that's gave it a national true. platform. Yeah. Oh, see, isn't that beautiful? Typical, Typical. of Daniel to diffuse that. Now, yes. Nicola and I were just having a bit of a giggle driving in. Mm carpool karaoke yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, about uh, when you became Australian of the Year last year you were sent an invitation to go to the coronation, coronation. tell us Public about it sitting next to <laughs> Lionel Richie I know <laughs> what do you want to hello, <laughs> hello <laughs> is it me you're looking for were you singing that to him i was yeah no i wasn't thank god that's probably why he's still respecting how did you sit there where you had to be quite oh, serious at the yeah. coronation and Julie Bishop the yeah, other yeah. side wasn't that's it right. seriously yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but you know what uh, what i liked about you know how they say don't meet your heroes he was not that he was the loveliest the most humble we, we spoke about everything from children family religion politics i felt like i was chatting with someone i knew for th- i'm going to mm. uh america in a few days and i'm catching up Excuse with him on the me, another yeah. award yeah. would it be yeah that bizarre and yeah. what's the yeah. award tell us about that i, I thought it was a prank i literally did. <laughs> uh, i thought it was a hoax. Really? i got an email saying <laughs> yeah. muhammad ali family foundation and 
it, it, there's an award and I said, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, um, alone. And I didn't respond uh, until they sent me a respond. LinkedIn message. And Talk about humble. Yeah. Oh, it's a, so it's tell us get about rid of that award then. It's so funny. Yeah, so, so the Muhammad Ali Foundation have set up some core qualities, I guess, of Muhammad Ali. So spirituality, compassion, etc. So there's three or four awards that they give every single year. I'd never even heard of this. Like, honest to God, I'd never heard of it. global, you know, Yeah, absolutely. And that's the interesting What a great, for the family to back this up. Something he believed in. What I've been told is that it was his wife. It was was his wife, Lonnie, who somehow learnt of the work of Street Side Medics. I have no idea how. And I'm actually guessing. maybe strain of the year too. I I think it's got Mm. to do with the coronation and Lionel Richie. Like surely there (laughs) was some some American paper. All the tentacles. I have no idea how. When when things go out to a global scale. But what an honour. And and congratulations on that too. Well, we can't wait to follow that. How long are you in the States for? (laughs) Only a few days. A few days. Only a few days. Kentucky for a day or two and then LA. Are you flying out with your new beautiful wife? I am. I am. I am. Yeah, exciting. Yes. It'll be a good trip. Yeah. So oh, you've been married in two minutes, I Yeah, gather. literally nothing. Because yeah. I say, oh, yes. Yes. Richard and I were honoured to be yeah. part of your wedding, and it, it, was, it was beautiful. It was, it was. absolutely beautiful. Mm. And also, to top it off, that here we are on the, on the here they're having a honeymoon, yes. and Richard and I are on a boat mm-hmm. in the south of France. And, and we, you run into each other. We that ran was, that into was bizarre. each other. That was bizarre. In but it was Seriously. The best. Yeah, we're was having Bloody Marys at 10 a.m. in south of France. It was gorgeous. It was the highlight of my trip. It was the highlight of our trip. No, really so, so speaking of traveling mm. and all those wonderful, yummy things, mm. how do you find balance when you, you're a doctor by trade? Yeah. You know, you've got this unbelievable organization mm. called Street Side mm. Medics going on. Yeah. You've got this beautiful mm. wife, and you, how, how do you find a balance in your life? Yeah. So, a couple of things with Street Side Medics, it's sort of taken a life of its own. Mm. And, and mm. there are amazing Love people that. that run Street Side Medics, and I just kind of try and help where I can. Um, and so I can't take too much credit for that. Oh, I just founded it. But the truth <laughs> is, is that I've accepted that um, there is no such a thing as balance and that you'll never get the balance perfectly right. I think it's a struggle oh, and anyone that tells you I've worked it out is full of crap. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really refreshing to hear that, so, bit, isn't it? So I appreciate that. Mm. But yeah. as a doctor, mm. if you're seeing someone stressed mm. and they're sick, what would you say to them? Or re- alleviate some of that stress. Yeah, let go find of some a things. balance. And I've had yeah. to do that. There's yeah. a lot of things that I say no to, and, yes. I, and I could never say no before. I really struggled with that because I'm that. I'm an opportunity driven person, and so mm. if you give me an opportunity, I say, well, how can I give that up? But mm. I can't do everything. No, um, no, and you do have to take care of yourself, and you have to take mm. care of the people around you. And I have to be a good husband and a good son and a good brother. Um, and I think that. I, you know, I've certainly set my priority list. So, you know, when I'm at work, work is number one priority. When yeah. I'm at street side, street side is number one priority. When I'm at home, Cass won't agree with mm. this, but I try and make <laughs> her the number one priority. So you She's can beautiful. basically leave street side medics, get in the car and can switch off? No, I can't. Yeah, but, but you can yeah. try. But yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's also good not to switch off, as in... I like thinking. Yeah, because you're breaking it, diluting it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you walk? Do you go to the gym? Do you play tennis? Do you swim? I'd like do to you... say all of the above, but it's none of the above. I mean, oh, I've, yes, I love yes, your honesty. Yeah. Yeah. I wake Some up people every day. say, oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. I wake up every day and I say, I want to go to the gym. And I do, <laughs> uh, but I don't. Yeah. That's so good. I wake <laughs> every day and say, because yeah. most people say, I go to the but gym. But I think you run want a, to. You must run around so much with your I mean, job anyhow. I mean, I walk with No, but that's just so funny. I know. Well, was asking whether Daniel modelled, which 
No, Daniel's very good is, looking. Exactly. Yeah, he's gorgeous. Exactly. Like, seriously. I love Nick Renard. We go, we do seriously interview like a chat. It's yeah. not yeah. like Which is good. Exactly. I love it. But that's that's us. Yeah, yeah like that's that, why yeah. it's good. Um, I just wanted to quickly, because I've just been watching the Mission Australia mm. feed on Instagram, mm. talking about homelessness. Mm. And now, I think I read, tell me if I'm wrong. Mm. I, I thought I read it wrong, that 300 people every hour reach out from homelessness in Australia to Mission Australia. Would that be right? 3,000, sorry. 3,000 people every hour yeah. reach out to Mission Australia for homelessness. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Like, uh, so I, I think. Can, I, I find that yeah. so yeah. hard to believe. Yeah, I think what. what How naive am I? Yeah, and that's the thing, what people don't realise. Did you hear that? It's not surprising. Yeah, across the country. I mean, there are the 2016 was the last big consensus and there was 116,000 people experiencing homelessness then. But then in 2020, there were 280,000 people accessing homelessness services, which suggests the problems more than double what you think. Right. And and I'll I'll be completely candid and honest with you. you know, I, I'm a doctor, my wife's a speech pathologist, and we've got a mortgage and, uh, you know, we, we have good jobs. We, we don't go out, we're not spending a lot of money. And yet with interest rates going up and the cost of living, we feel pressure. And, mm. you know, we're doing reasonably well. And then you've got the average Joe Blow who might not have the same level of comfort and support. I know I've got my parents down the road who can help and my brother. And so there are simply people in this day and age, in this current society that are doing it so tough that are losing their rentals and living with their kids in their house. And there are people that are going couch surfing. There are people that don't. Mm. There, there are, mm. There's a, a lady, one of the most beautiful volunteers that we had very early in Streetside Medics was a single mother who got divorced and was working full time as a social worker but couldn't make ends meet, paying for her children's clothes, paying for school fees, and she was homeless for a long period of time. There, there are people that actually rock up to work. There's one lady in particular who is now extremely senior in the nursing um, sphere, but she was going to work whilst living in her car, and no one knew that. There is the homelessness is so much more prevalent than we think. It is the endemic of our generation. It, it's extremely it's complex. Just, like my brain goes, is it time? Like mm. as in more volunteers, or, or is it money? Or yeah. is it is it legislation? Is it is it changing of government law? Like mm. wh- where do you start? I mean, yeah. God, you're the one to ask, mm. Daniel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this. You can start in so many different places, and I think. I think there are so many models, like, for example, the housing first model, um, you know, get, get them a house. And, yes. And, and that will fix some people's problems. But yeah. a lot of the time they don't need a house, they need a home. And how do you give someone a home? You know, you can't. It's that sense of community. It's that social interaction. It's that alleviating the loneliness. If you get someone with severe mental health or substance abuse and you give them a house, then you, you're likely only going to make those issues worse. And so there are lots of different ways to go about it. Our One of our ways, which isn't the way, but it's... Is, is, is medical. It's, it's If you're feeling physically healthy and as best as possible mentally healthy, you're most likely to be able to put the best foot forward to change your life. And so uh, people get upset when I say this, but I've had big figures in society reach out to me and say, I want to start a food service or I want to support in this way. And a lot of that is tokenistic. It's we yes. want to help for our for us, for me. Of course. Mm. I, I, I give a mm. meal because it makes me feel good. Yes. But is that really helping the person I'm giving the meal to? Yeah. Probably not. Right. And so I think what we need to do when yeah. we're looking at helping people experiencing homelessness is 
not just band-aid solutions, but actually get to the core of the problem. Which and say, is? Ha- which is so many things. It's yeah, complex. It's challenging. You know, it, it is. It where is, do you start? Where do you start? But I think you start with trying to identify the reasons people experience homelessness mm-hmm. and target those. Okay. So there's, mm-hmm. there's right. physical health, there's mental health, there's... Yep. Um, substance that abuse. Come from there's, that. there's so many different mm, things, and yeah. you and you and you rather than look at the end point of this person needs food and housing, you look at it from the start and say, how can I fix those? How can we have better access to psychiatry to mental health problems? How can we have more equality to healthcare, equality to job opportunities? How can we be more culturally and linguistically diverse so that people of cultural backgrounds don't find it difficult to fit into society and get a job and maintain a job and have friendships. Um, And I think they're the main things that we need to target rather than what we do now, which is just end product, how do we make them feel more comfortable? So interestingly yeah, said, there's Band-Aid there's solutions band-aids, rather than getting to the core. Which I suppose, you know, you, yeah. you need a Band-Aid yeah. to start, but to yeah. like really solve it and to get there is to yeah. get to sort of like so the root complex. issue the best that you can. That's it. And I tell you what, boy, you're making a difference though, mm. uh, Hugely. Daniel. It really is. And, Hugely. And we've always yeah. said when we've yeah. chatted to different people with loneliness too, it just takes that one person, just a friend, yeah. mm. to talk. And yeah. so even with, with your service, even if it's one of the volunteers who hasn't even given them a medical mm. treatment, yeah. But just that looking in the eye, having mm. sort of someone who does care. Yeah. And I think that can sort of boost a mood. But do you have yeah. any tips for, say, even sort of some of our listeners who may may or may not be homeless, yeah. um, but just sort of things to help in sort of like life and sort of putting the best foot forward in yeah. day-to-day living? Yeah, I, I think it's to your point earlier, it's it's trying to find a balance. Yeah. Um, right. I, and I think that is important. The I, one that Daniel doesn't have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And Sorry, I no, thought yeah. that I really one like your no. honesty to go. Yeah. No. It's really hard. And, and it was life, beautiful. The balance is sometimes you've got to balance. And the scales go that way. That's it. Die and the scales go that way. And I think and I think the pressure of trying to be at balance is a stress in its own. And I think you've got to accept that. You know, at times. Like I right, agree with that. Yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, if I'm doing okay. I've got to go to the gym. Yeah, exactly. I have Should to do be it. Going. Well, and be kind to yourself. Sometimes. Exactly. You yep. have to be. And yes, you have to give yes. yourself a bit of leeway. So yes. I think if you're doing okay academically, professionally, in your relationships, or you're not going to the gym, that's all right. Or if you're going to the gym and, you know, it is a balance and you have to try and find it. So I think, you know, two things. My tip to users that mm. aren't experiencing homelessness that yes. want to know how can I help someone experiencing yes. homelessness, it's, it's recognize they're human. And, and that sounds sort of bizarre, but a lot of the times you'll have people on the side of the street that will have a sign or ask you for a dollar or whatever. And I was definitely someone that did this also in younger days, and I would just walk right by. I wouldn't even recognize them. I wouldn't respond. And when you think about it, that's another human being sitting down telling you, can I get some help? And even if you can't help them, the least you can do is stop, respond, and say, I'm sorry, I don't have cash. Or, yeah. I don't yeah. give out money. A little bit of respect. Yeah. It's just that level of yes. respect in recognizing yeah. that's, that's yeah. a fellow human being um, yeah. and, and getting down to their level. Um, a lot of the times, you know, we stand up and, and talk to them. And I think, you know, sitting down next to them, which is, and these are tips that I got from people experiencing homelessness. Oh, well, that's hearing the horse's yeah. mouth. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, the other thing is I find, you know, everyone's mm. walking around these silly streets with the earplugs on. Yeah. Mm. And mm. annoys the hell out of me. Yeah, I do this. You know, but they're listening to, but they're the listening to podcasts, like, oh, okay. so die. Come on. Oh, well, they, <laughs> yes, that's yes, a whole yes, different yes, ball yes, game. Yes. But you know, like you know, to reach out and say hi or a busker or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, you know, take them out and it's yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. so yeah. disconnected. You mm. know, I I find that's just yeah. Me. Society has become yeah. quite disconnected. And the other thing is, is um, I get a bit mm. woo woo. Sorry, Daniel, but mm. Nicola goes, mm. "Oh my God, here she goes." But touch yeah the art of touch and the power and touching someone yeah, yeah. 
because I'm very tactile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I haven't attacked you yet. Then yes, I'll give yes. you a hug at the end. Well, she didn't say he's very <laughs> handsome, though, yeah. so watch out. Yes, I'm looking at But I do touch pa- I'm a very tactile person, yeah. so yes. COVID killed me. Yes. And sometimes I'll sort of massage someone on their shoulders. Yeah. And sometimes people I feel go, <gasps> Yeah. Like, like they haven't been touched for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do you find like, I don't know, like if, Holding how are you coming through? Or or help yeah, them yeah. with their arm and, you know, have the power of touch. Yeah. Look, I, I'm Middle Eastern. Uh, yeah. I'm Egyptian background. We're very touchy-feely sort of people. Love um, And, you know, we talk too close. And yeah. and that's something I uh, <laughs> Cass taught me that. She Isn't said, you know, great? you always talk too close uh, yeah. to people. And so, and so, but I, I think you're right. She's a speech pathologist. Just, so she exactly, knows. she knows. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. you go. I, I think you're right. I think mm. just that s- sort of soft, warm touch, mm-hmm. um, you know, a tap on the shoulder or it can make a big difference. And I think, yeah. I think a lot of people are, are lacking that. Um, I know yes. when I come home and Cass gives me a hug, then yeah. you know that all of a sudden the weight of your world is off your shoulders. Um, it, it's it's a simple thing, isn't it? It is a simple it thing. It is, yeah. and it sometimes now much. in no. this world too, you've got to be careful with touch. You know, like sort of someone That's touching exactly someone it. too. And you know, especially well, in the medical profession. Well, particularly yeah. on the bottom, you know, like yes. the yeah, don't <laughs> do that. bottom. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was touched on Professionally the bottom. Club the other the other week, wasn't I, Yes, she was. We were at the golf club, and this guy grabbed her on the. Yes. Oh, you're kidding. No, no. And I was like, oh, And someone oh. else just came up and said, I you can't s- afford that. You know, and I yeah, I, I thought that was a great more, one. But it was oh, a bit God. like, it was a good, there are some things. It was a good <laughs> comeback. That's terrible. But when we're talking yeah. touch, but touch, we're talking touch, a, a touch a on the caring, shoulder. Yeah. kind, empathetic, how are you? Yeah. Touch. yeah. And just the power and of power of friendship too. Do you mm. find that is such a great thing for mental health as well and yeah. well-being having friends or I think um what especially from a professional mm. perspective we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And I think when yes. people are showing you vulnerability you have to give the same level of respect back. I've had in the last few weeks not streets at mm. purely at work people who are struggling with their parents passing away. You know, they're at hospital acutely they're, they're suffering and, and a lot of the times I try and and be vulnerable myself. And so I talk about my family. I talk about my mm. dad and what I would do in that situation. Mm. And, Beautiful. I, and mm. I try and get down to their level. So it's not, you know, I'm, I'm, it's a hierarchical conversation of I'm a doctor, you're a patient, I'm telling you what to do. No, we're the same. We're humans. I'm a son as much as I am, you know, a brother. And, and, and you're a son looking after your dad. And, and I remember that particular interaction. It was a guy that was struggling to allow his dad to be palliated. And he absolutely needed to be. He was, he was dying and he needed to accept that. And the only way to have him accept that was literally to sit next to him and talk about his dad and, and what they're up to and, and sit him and go through all the results and explain everything and tell him, mate, if, if, if he was my dad, I'm, I'm looking at this as in I'm you and that's my dad. It's beautiful. This is yeah. what I would do in this situation. It's pure yeah. empathy. Pure yeah. empathy. Yeah. Well, you know it's what? A gift. We're mm. going to. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of our signature questions for you, <laughs> yeah. Daniel. Yeah. So, so do you want to? He probably, he probably knows what they are. <laughs> yeah. God help. I think. Oh, there's so much. I could talk to you forever. Mm. I know. I know. One. Yeah. Too. What's ahead for you? Just quickly. What's ahead for Daniel? Just oh, quickly. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to know. I just apart, from, um, apart, apart from the USA. Only because yes. he's in just, a of you're days. so dynamic and yeah. you're just a beautiful human. Thank you. He's doing so much for oh. our community yeah. uh, over the back fence. Yeah. I just, what would you like to see ahead for you? Like, so, so so I'm still very passionate about street side and a lot of arms are street side. So street side is going to take an educational arm, an employment arm, a research arm. So we've already done oh. a number of research to better understand the space, better understand Healthcare parameters around it, et cetera, education. I want 
I'm in the process of writing a curriculum for medical school and nursing schools. We never learnt about homelessness in medical school, and it's important Sad. that we do. But Sad. not just that. I mean, down the road is Gags Darlinghurst, the principal of whom is on my board. And I know that those children might not necessarily appreciate that 200 metres down the road there's people experiencing homelessness. I know they do because the school puts in so much effort. But the point being that uh, I want children who are our future leaders to understand social disadvantage and homelessness and have an appreciation and empathy towards that. And I think that will change the world. If we have, if we have young children recognising... You just filled, my, you just tears, filled my yeah. cup You're today. bringing tears yeah, yeah. to my eyes. I mean, seriously, education, that is so true. Yeah. Education, yeah. education, education, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the grassroots where it starts from. Yeah. So I had to... Oh, no, and thank you. This dynamic, beautiful... True heartfelt human in front of me like yeah. there's so much more to come because you're so young yes are you going to tell us your age 28 oh, if you can yeah, achieve yeah. that at 28 i know yeah. come on guys if anyone's what listening 28 that is ex- I mean, what are we going to see when he's 38 48 58 Seriously. 68 wow um, so question, awesome. first question first question is daniel what advice would you give to your 20 year old self which was a minute ago I yeah. know. it's not that <laughs> long ago exactly. not that long ago <laughs> do you want to know the honest answer and I, and I doubt you've got it on this show I would, I would, I would get my twenty-year-old self to give me advice rather than the other way around. Let oh. me sit with that one for a minute. Yes. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Twenty-year-old yes, me please. was 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 arrogant in the right way. Was naive to the bureaucracy and red tape of the world. Was a, an absolute blue thinker that thought you know anything in the world was imaginable and um, and motivated, disciplined. Um, and I think you know as we as we go in age, we unfortunately you know we get punched so many times by so many different things and we get tired and we get worn out and we recognize that it's not that simple and it's not that easy and um and i think that 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 makes you look in a box and i think in life we just get tunneled down and we recognize you know 20 30 years down the track shit how did i end up in this situation and so 20 year old me was the opposite it was the person that actively sought discomfort that said i don't want to be comfortable i don't want to be in a situation that was was where I was comfortable and would always try and grow. And so I constantly remind myself of that person. Um, I so get everything you just said there. Absolutely. Really. He goes against the grain. I love that. that With his truth and honesty. That is Um, brilliant. Time poor, nickel and dye. Always the case. Last one. Yeah. I I wonder Mm -hmm. if it's going to be Muhammad Ali (laughs) in spirit. Yeah. Or Lionel Richie. It's killing me. If you had a chance of meeting anyone in the world (laughs) over the back fence. Meeting anyone in the world. Anybody in the world. Firstly, who would that be and why? Yeah. Mm. It could be us, couldn't it? The back fence. We're on the branch yeah, listening. Exactly, yeah. Tiki Blino's there. Exactly. I'll sing a song we'll with him. <laughs> I think um, I think, uh, think it's probably Kobe Bryant. <gasps> oh, yeah. Wow, oh, yes. it breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah same. Mm. Yes, but I think yeah. um, I mean I always I always grew up listening to him and and I respect him so much because he was the sort of person that you know there, there's mm. so many stories mm. about him. But one of them was he'd go into the basketball court and someone would be there practicing their hoops. So he'd be there practicing their hoops. Someone would come and start practicing at the same time and he would continue until they were done and would keep going for another hour purely to send them a message of, I'll always work harder than you. And he was the epitome of discipline, the epitome of sort of pushing himself to be the greatest he can be. And I, I see that as a responsibility. We have a responsibility to be the best we can be to our world. Oh, um, Daniel. And so I think, I think that, you know, what we colloquial term as the Mamba mentality I'd like to get some of that from him and, and just understand how he 
you know, f- at least from the outside, he was an amazing father, uh, he was an amazing husband, and yet still, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best, basketball players. In the world. Yeah. yeah. Wow. God, I'd love to meet your parents, yeah. Daniel. Yeah, they're cool. They're they did a I'd bloody great parents. job with you. I mean, yeah. you're doing a great job with you, you. And I but they must be... In, and hardworking too. They they're are. Very if hard you told working. me who would you want to... Share a backyard with yeah. it would be my parents. Oh, the best that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely wow. beautiful. Wow. Daniel, thank you yeah. so much it's for coming on. And I tell you what, you certainly deserve all those awards. I'm going to go mean, on the lineup. But what a, but what a represent, you, you know, like yeah, you you yeah. And, But to represent Australia, aren't we lucky to have someone like that? And you're 28. Yeah, thank God. So Hope there's a ripple effect you, from this to really someone. It only takes one, doesn't it? Yeah, in a community stand Thank you, Daniel. And thank you for listening. And we'll be in your ears next month. Day. We sure and will be. So don't forget to rate and He's been knocking earplugs and earphones. You can put those back can on put when you're listening. Put them back in now. Too. Hey, Daddy, yeah. how many stars do we want? If you're going to oh, rate and look, review. You know what? Daniel's inspired me. Head for the, the stars. Aim high. I have max of five. I'd go 500. Okay. I reckon I'm going to go 5,000. <laughs> you know, I'd go <laughs> against the grain. Exactly. Everyone does five. No! Yeah, well, this, I'll tell you what, this potty is 5,000. <laughs> yeah. It's reach for the stars. Yeah. And thank you for listening. We'll be in your ears Beautiful. next Monday. Ciao, ciao. ciao. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.